0: podcast number 30 at joettecalabrese.com, and we've got another Moms with Moxie miniseries for you.
1: All the way from my desk in New York, I get to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe, and some of my students have really caught my eye. Some of you have done all you can to learn how to cure those around you using homeopathic medicines. Your successes inspire me, and they're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep your successes a secret any longer. So with my help from my roving reporter, Paula, we bring you this mini podcast series that I call Moms with Moxie. It's actually grandmoms too, but it's Moms with Moxie. See how regular mothers and others, average people who want to cure those around them have gone from freaking to fabulous with homeopathy.
0: I am so excited to do another Moms with Moxie podcast, and today we have Heather Stein. Heather is a rock star. She's a homeschooling mom of six. Her oldest is 10, and her youngest is a newborn. I actually tried scheduling this with you, Heather, a while ago, but you emailed back and said, well, I just gave birth like last week or something, and so can we push it out? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was so funny. And <laughs> from St. Louis, Missouri. That's right. Okay. I have just really enjoyed hearing your story. You seem like a very organized mom that's on top of it, and I think our listeners are going to um, enjoy hearing about that. So let's start. How did you come to find homeopathy?
2: I came to find homeopathy when I was kind of embarking on natural health in general. My first child was one year old, and we found out she had asthma, she had food allergies, she had an ear infection, and a mom that I knew recommended just looking into this whole world of natural health, which was totally new to me. So as I was finding ways to heal my new family more naturally, I kept running into homeopathy. And I didn't understand what it was. It took it was kind of a learning curve. And it wasn't until um, a couple of years later, my midwife, when I was having my second child, was recommending some homeopathics. And I thought, I really had to look into this. So I started learning more about it, mainly just through books that I bought, also through online research. And I started using mainly just low-potency combination remedies to kind of try to get at some of the acute things that my family was dealing with.
0: Awesome. That's a great way to start. So you knew right from the get-go that homeopathy was different from home remedies,
2: natural remedies, how, how people lump those together. Yes. The Latin names really helped to set it apart for me that, okay, these things are all grouped together and they're something different.
0: Good for you. Yeah. I have always had a sense that it was different thanks to my mom, you know, but it's important for anyone who's listening to know that when you talk about homeopathy, we all get so familiar with it that we forget that other people might think it's, you know, home remedies or whatever. So you told me that you have a background in psychology and that homeopathy really made sense to you and it influenced you to kind of continue pursuing it. So
2: tell us about that. Yes. So I naturally kind of went to psychology as a major in college. I got a bachelor's in that. And I just kind of had a little bit of a natural gift there and enjoyed figuring out how people tick and looking at the emotions and how those kind of fit together for people. So when I was looking at homeopathy, I got really excited to find out that there was something more that I could do besides acute. And so I kind of started delving into classical a little bit because I saw how homeopathy looked at not just what was happening with the body, but what was happening with the mind as well. And so that kind of got me involved a little bit further in this homeopathy. And I started looking at classical classical. classical remedies, and I had some success with it. I think because of my psychology background, it kind of made sense to me, but it was still a little bit hit or miss. I never really had too much confidence the remedy was going to work, but I had enough confidence and enough successes that I felt like I was going to stick with it and keep trying and keep learning. Good for you. That's exactly right. I think that's wonderful that you kept
0: pursuing it, It does talk about how often when you have someone that's sick, their mental state, their emotional state will shift before the general state shift. My daughter once was angry. (laughs) I remember she made eye contact with me and like screamed into my face. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're bad about this And then I gave her Belladonna, which is, you know, red hot and angry. And the first thing to improve was her attitude about it. She like fell asleep and calmed down. And so there is that mind-body connection. But yeah. then you found Joette, so tell us about that.
2: Yeah, this was actually before Joette was talking about Banerjee Protocols, because I've been following her for probably four or five years. And oh, okay. I found her through the Wise Traditions Journal. I read her articles, and I liked what she had to say and her method of presenting it and how she wanted to empower people to use homeopathy, because I kept encountering with classical saying, This is the information, but you know, don't use this. You're probably not qualified to do this. Mm-hmm. and I kind of thought, well, I, I do have the psychology background, so it's probably not too bad for me to be dipping my toe <laughs> into this, but it seems to be kind of putting it out there and saying, you know, you can do this, and so I really like that, so I started just following her blog and um, really keeping up with her, and when she started presenting the Vantage protocols, I was really excited because even though I was having some success with the classical method I knew other people that weren't and had abandoned homeopathy because they said, this isn't working for me. But I knew that there was something there. And so I was really excited about it. It seemed streamlined, easier to understand, not so much poring over books. And for a busy mom, that's great. So I started kind of going along that path with what she was presenting to all of us. And it really started taking off for me. That's where homeopathy started being sort of the go-to method in our home and crowding out some of the other um, things that were not working as well because homeopathy was working better. Like natural stuff that wasn't working as well. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you bring up a really interesting point. I feel like you and Joette started classical. Obviously, Joette was a professional classical homeopath, but the, the real alumni yeah. of Joette who have been around before she met the Banerjee's, you all liked homeopathy. But when Joette found the Banerjee's, she was like, oh my gosh, this is a game changer. And I find that people who come into this not having experienced classical homeopathy all by itself first, I don't think they sometimes appreciate how wonderful these protocols <laughs> are because it's what they've always had. Kind of like,
1: you know, kids yeah.
0: with modern technology and Google, like, well, it's life is always <laughs> easy, right? Because we can just Google it. And there's the answer where I remember when I was a kid, you couldn't Google
2: stuff. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Very good. It's kind of like that.
0: It is. They're so wonderful. And Joette, I just thank God for her because she empowers us. And you're right. Other classical homeopaths don't want us doing this. And Joette is trying to equip us with what we need to know to do this. So that's great. That's right. That's right. I thank God
2: for her too. She's great. (laughs) So how long have you been doing homeopathy? In general, since the very beginning, about nine years. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I kind of was following along with Joette. I found her somewhere in there. And that's really the way that I learned about homeopathy now, because the energy protocols make it so simplified. And even when it's not a brain energy protocol, I feel like she presents it in a manner that really puts the tools in your hands and allows you to go ahead and use it.
0: Yes, very true.
2: So I guess now that's the main way you care for your family's health needs. Yes, it is. And we travel often and I would have this bin, this plastic bin that's famous in our house. We call it the medicine bin. And that's what I take with us on trips. And it was always loaded with herbs and just various nutraceuticals and vitamins and minerals and all different kinds of things that I gathered along the way in my research and experience that might heal a problem if we were gone, if somebody had the flu or somebody had an accident. And it was always brimming over with stuff and I had to kind of lug it around. But as I've used homeopathy, and especially as I bought the kit, that medicine bin has been completely streamlined because mostly what I use now is homeopathy. So it makes it very easy to pick the right thing and go rather than having to kind of slug all this stuff around just to be prepared. I feel like it's so easy to be prepared with homeopathy. So it's like you went from having
0: a natural medicine suitcase <laughs>
2: to yeah. have, you know, a little basket or
0: something. So that's good. Yeah, very good. I'm always curious, and I like to ask the moms of Moxie like you, how does your husband fit in? Is he supportive? Did it take a lot of convincing
2: for him or what? The natural health and natural food stuff in general was a big leap for him. But once we kind of got onto that road, homeopathy for him is really lumped into all that. And I point out when it saves us money because I feel like that really speaks to men and husbands. Yes. (laughs) Um, So when we avoid an ER visit, because I was able to use homeopathy. I'd be sure and point that out to him because that way he knows that the money that we're spending on remedies is working and it's saving us money. And so that kind of really speaks to him. Whenever I have a success, I'd be sure and mention it to him so he knows that this thing that I'm trying out that he doesn't really understand, it is working.
0: Right. I like that the way you're describing it. You kind of just, as a matter of fact, just tell him. And Joette says that for men, especially the skeptical ones, don't get too excited. Don't do backflips. Like this is amazing. <laughs> Even though you want to, just kind of let them witness and see that overall improvement, progression, benefit, like you're saying. So that's great Good for him. And so now he's kind of yeah. lets you do your thing. That's great. Okay, Heather, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that you are super organized and you've got your act together. So one of the things about Joette's blog is that there's so much amazing information on it that it gets overwhelming. And I hear that you have a pretty good system to keep track of it all.
2: Yeah, I am kind of an organized person, but I will say that I don't stress about it. I don't get really uptight about it. What I do is when I see a blog post by Joette that I think would be helpful to me, I either just write down the protocol in a little file, very simply, I just add a little note about what the remedy is and what it's for, or if, I, if the whole blog post is really seems like, wow, I'm really going to need to look at this whole thing later on and reference it, then I might print out the whole thing. And then I just stick it in a binder, and a file that I have that has just a bunch of different protocols, I just print that out every once in a while. Every couple of months, I print out a fresh copy so that I have everything that I need, and then that way... If I don't have access to the internet for whatever reason, I've still got it all right there.
0: That's very smart.
2: And do you have like little
0: tabs in the binder? Do you like organize it by subject or how do you do that?
2: Yeah. So I have a tab for classes and then I have a tab for just, you know, little jotted notes of remedies. And then I have a tab for blog posts. So It's not organized in such a way that I can just flip to the perfect page, you know, right where it is. I do kind of have to flip through it a little bit, but I'm a busy mom and I don't have time to really organize it to that extent. Right. So I just say to myself, I'm just going to print this out and then it's there.
0: Yes, absolutely. One thing I've started doing is I've started like squeezing little teeny tiny notes in the margins of my Materia Medica, my favorite Materia Medica. And I like that, too, because then it's kind of there. Like, if I learn something about just a specific remedy, not really a condition, I throw it in there. And then I have, I mentioned it before in other podcasts, my little black book, and I just alphabetized it. And I, yeah, I just throw conditions and and things about remedies in there, too. I have to confess, though, I don't have my blogs organized. So I need to do (laughs) that. But um, actually, that reminds me, at the time of this recording right now, We are very close to launching something, and maybe by the time it's released, this will have already been launched. But we are um, going to start providing something at the end of the blog that is going to make keeping track of these protocols a little bit more easy. So look forward to that. I think you're going to love it. (laughs)
1: Oh, great.
0: That sounds great. Okay, so let's get to my favorite part of this podcast where I ask you moms with Moxie for some stories, and I'm sure you have plenty of them. Tell me what stories you have for us about successes and even, let's be real, frustrations with homeopathy. So let's talk about all of them.
2: One of the things that I love most about learning about homeopathy is being able to share it with other people. And Mm. a lot of times I'll have friends just text me and say, hey, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? And one time I had a friend who texted me and said, I'm vomiting constantly. I can't stop throwing up. Can you help me? And I thought, oh, boy. And my first thought was arsenicum. But I thought, you know, I better look this up just to make sure that I'm thinking the right thing. So I did. And I thought, yeah, arsenicum sounds like a really good place to start. So I said, well, I have this, but I can't get it to you. And she said, well, I can't get it either because I'm throwing up. Mm -hmm. So she sent her mom over to my house. And her mom came and picked it up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. God bless her. Right. And so her mom took it over to her and she texted me you know, a little while later and said, this totally worked. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough because when you're that sick, you just need somebody to help you. And I know. So, mm-hmm. so it was great because it was one of those things where it just worked and it worked in a dramatic way. So that was really fun.
1: Absolutely. Um, and in
2: fact, after that experience, she wanted to learn more about homeopathy. So she ended up taking the good gut, bad gut course because she saw how that one remedy worked for her.
0: Very good. And so have you taken the Good Gut, Bad Gut course?
2: I have, yeah. It's been very helpful. And one of the things that I used from that course was a for milk intolerance. I've had a milk intolerance my whole life, and I just never thought it would get better. I thought I just have to avoid milk forever, even though I love it. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, I thought, I'm going to try this. How did your intolerance present? I would have a huge eczema flare up. Oh, okay. So I kind of have this low-level eczema. I would drink milk, and then boom, my hands would just be red and on fire and super itchy. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I thought, I'm going to give this a try, and I'm going to be patient with it. So I took it for about three months, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try and see if anything's happened so far. And it was the same. I really couldn't see a difference, but I didn't want to let that stop me. And I thought, okay, she said many months, so I'm going to stick with it. It hasn't been many months. It's only been like three. So I went for it, you know, another maybe three to six months, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try it again. And I did, and I didn't have a big eczema flare but I did have just a lot of sneezing, runny, mucosinos and I thought, oh, no, I've messed this up. I've just treated problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to have faith and just stick with it a little bit more because I thought maybe this is just working its way through my body. Maybe it's getting better. Maybe and this that's, is just a different way that it's manifesting itself.
0: That is a tricky thing to kind of figure out, okay, like, am I getting
2: worse? Am I getting better? I
0: don't know. And she does coach us in her courses how to do that. But I think the interesting thing is for sure your eczema was better. I agree. Like if I were you, I probably would have continued as well. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was very different from anything I've experienced in the past. And so I thought, you know, this has to be due to the remedy. The remedy has to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that the remedy would make it worse. So I stuck with it. And about another six months later, I'd kind of forgotten about it. And I thought, oh, I'm still taking this remedy. I need to see if it's working. Right. And so I tried drinking a glass of milk and nothing happened. And I kept searching for, for some symptom that was going to come up and just nothing did. It was just really impressive to me that after about a year or so, just sticking with it really worked for me.
0: That's amazing. You know, you mentioned that you were reading the Wise Tradition magazine, and that's the Weston A. Price magazine. And a lot of us try and eat, drink food with the Weston A. Price principles.
2: So that's great that you can
0: have raw milk now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's so frustrating to see those healthy foods and say, I just can't eat that. So I'm excited. Exactly. Very
0: good. Yeah, we have a little Jersey cow in the backyard. And I used to be very intolerant to milk as well. And so I'm so thankful <laughs> I can have six inches of cream anytime I want to.
2: <laughs> so That's right. We had goats and we milked them and oh, I awesome. couldn't drink the milk and it was so sad. That yeah. is so sad. How frustrating.
0: Oh my gosh. I would not have a cow if I'm not going to be able to drink the milk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Okay, so tell me another story about your friend's son who had a cough.
2: Yes. A lot of my friends are very into natural health, even homeopathy. It feels like homeopathy is really taking off. And Mm -hmm. her son had a homeopathic doctor. He was a classical homeopath. And she had taken her son to him and nothing had changed with the cold. And so she was sharing with me, she was frustrated about it. She was at my house. Her son was just a little toddler. He was like one year old and he was just hacking constantly. And it was so sad. And she was talking to me, something was nagging in the back of my mind. And I just kept thinking, I know Gillette had a blog post about this, but I don't remember what the remedy was. So I just got on the computer and I looked it up and I couldn't exactly place what the remedy was, but I knew that Gillette had blogged about it. So I looked it up and sure enough, there it was, it was at the CAC. And so since I had my handy kit, I went upstairs and I grabbed it. And I said, why don't you just try this? And she looked kind of dubious because the classical homeopath hadn't helped. Right. But I said, I can't make any promises, but this sounds right to me. So she gave it to him. And within five minutes, he just bonked out and went right to sleep. Oh. And I thought, Oh, that's really good.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: he took a nice long nap. She loaded him in the car, took him home. And later that night, she texted me and said, the cough is definitely getting better. And I said, okay, we'll keep it up until it's very much better. Mm-hmm. And so she kept up with it for a few days and she just thinks that story is hilarious because, you know, the classical homeopath couldn't kick the cough and yet we look it up on the computer, go on, go on Joette's blog and there it is. That's wonderful.
0: And I like that secretly you outwitted (laughs) the professional homeopath.
2: And I'm sure he's... (laughs) I don't think I could do it every time, but...
0: (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point here, though, is that Joette's blog is so informative. And I'm sure that homeopath is really great. And he's allowed to not get it right the first time all the time. But Joette has this really great ability to distill the information in the blog and make it usable and ready for us. Yeah. I think it's important to be real, though. Have you had any struggles with homeopathy or frustrations?
2: Oh, I have. I want to talk about failures because I think it's important that we as moms don't listen to these podcasts and think, this mom's getting it right every time. She's always nailing it. And I keep failing. What's wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, as I learn, I get it right more often. But I've definitely had failures. One of the failures that we had was I had a daughter with a UTI. And I tried cantharis, and it wasn't working. And I had on my shopping list to buy metarhinum, but I didn't mm-hmm. have it. And I couldn't get it because I didn't have it. And she ended up needing to go to urgent care. We have a great natural practitioner, but I couldn't get her in, and she had to have something. And so right. that was the first time that we had used drugs in a long time. And mm-hmm. it really hurt, but I went, you know what? It being on my shopping list isn't going to cure my family. I, you know, I needed to have it in my, in my kit. And so that was a really good lesson for me to make sure I have what I need.
0: I agree with you. And that is why we try our best to be prepared. But I think it's good too, that you haven't beat yourself up over it too much. That's
2: right. We just do what we can with what we've got at the moment. Right.
0: And also you mentioned that your daughter has some asthma as well. Yeah, she does. She
2: struggled with that her whole life. She's 10. And I've tried a lot of different natural things. But it's one of those chronic things that's just really hard to uproot. And I found a remedy through Joette's blog that she gave for asthma. And we were seeing some success. And then it just kind of plateaued. And I went, I I just don't think this is working for her anymore. We're not getting any farther with it. And so I had to kind of put that on pause. I'm looking forward to taking Joette's allergic course because my understanding is she goes into that chronic asthma more there. And I think that that could help get us kind of to the next level with it. For right now, we're just kind of on pause there until I can take that
0: course and learn more. Good for you. Yes, I think that's a really good plan. Another kind of uh, frustration I think you had one time was with an ear infection with one of your kids. And I think generally ear infections can be pretty easy for kids, but this is one of those times
2: that you couldn't figure it out with homeopathy. Yeah, I was just trying and trying, and it was clear that the remedies that I was using were not helping. And so, like I said, we took her to that really good natural practitioner we have, and she got over it. But I wanted to learn how to overcome that with homeopathy. And so I kind of had that on my radar as something to learn more about. And lo and behold, on one of these podcasts, you mentioned the manager protocol of pulsatilla and chamomilla. I'm going to repeat it. There is more than one, but the
0: one I knew at the time is pulsatilla 30 twice a day and then chamomilla 30 as needed for pain. And maybe once every hour, once every 15 minutes, if it's extreme and the person's freaking out or, you know, once every three hours, if it's kind of under control. So
2: yeah, that's what I wrote down. And sure enough, this was just last weekend. I have toddler twins. They're two years old. And my little boy came in in the morning and he had a very high fever. He was pulling on his ear and just cupping his ear and he was very fussy. And we don't have a lot of ear infections here in our house, but they do come up. And this was his first. And so right away I knew he was saying my ear hurts and I thought, okay, here we go, ear infection. This is my mm-hmm. big chance to use this protocol and see if we can have some success. So I started the protocol just as you mentioned and I was giving him the chemo every 30 minutes because he was very fussy. And I would give him the remedy and then he would kind of take this nap for about 30 minutes and then he'd wake up and he'd still be very cranky about it. And then I'd give it to him again after I did three or four times, he took a big two-hour nap. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, great. I think we're getting something here. And he woke up again and he was a little less fussy. The fever was still very high. His ear still hurt, but I could tell that it was working. And so I gave yeah. him the remedy
0: again. It goes back to that psychology at the beginning. You know, your mentals tend to shift before the generals. Yeah. For that fever's yeah. gone or the infection's totally gone. And what?
2: Well, then he took another big two-hour nap. And then after that, I could tell that it was really, really changing. I was super confident that we had the right thing. And I slowed down even more on the chamomilla because he just really wasn't that irritable. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, he was about 90%. He was back to himself. And I thought, all right, we had a success. And I was really excited about it. And I thought, I have what I need now. Kind of a go-to thing to try for the next ear infection. Well, little did I know, I woke up the very next morning and his twin sister comes in and she says, my ear hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> what is this? I, I know have no idea why this would happen, <laughs> but yeah. it did. But I was glad, though, because I felt like, okay, we had a really great success just yesterday. I'm going to try this again. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing was she didn't have a fever. And whereas mm-hmm. my son just kind of laid there and napped all day to kind of, that's just how he is when he's sick. My daughter is restless. She's roaming around. She annoys everybody with her irritability. It's just so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is a Banerjee protocol. I don't have to look at all that. I can just say she has an ear infection. And so I thought, I'm going to try the same thing. Yes, because
0: in classical homeopathy, just for the listeners who are really new to this, in classical homeopathy, you would really have to pay attention to that different presentation, right? But as Joette teaches the protocol's, She's saying as long as you have the appropriate diagnosis and you apply the protocol and you're good to go. So go on.
2: So I went ahead and I did the same thing that I did with her brother the day before. And for her, she was irritable for longer. I didn't see results for a longer period of time. But I wanted to stick with it. And I could see about halfway into the day that yes, she was improving, even though it was slowly. And by the end of the day, she was very much better as well. And so I love that story because it was just two totally different ways for that ear infection to present. And the only thing that was the same was that it was an ear infection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the same time, that Banger protocol, those remedies worked for both children.
0: That is a very good point. And there's a few things I like about this. This is a great lesson in your experience. First is understanding the protocols and trusting them as long as you have the appropriate diagnosis. But the other thing too, in that very first ear infection that you had that you couldn't figure out, you know, you didn't have the protocol yet. It's nice to have a natural practitioner. You have a backup plan. And I think that's really quite wise because you were not going to get it right every single time and it's okay to have backup plan. Very good story. If I can squeeze in one more story out of you, I hear your baby in the background. It sounds like he's still pretty happy, (laughs) but um, I don't want to keep you forever. You said that you have avoided the ER in a couple of emergency situations. This is a big perk for your husband, husbands of moms out there. You can save money
2: (laughs) with homeopathy. So tell us some of your ER stories. Yeah, I have a couple of stories about avoiding the ER. My two-year-old son, the one that had the ear infection, we were actually traveling. And this is a great lesson for having your kit with you. Yeah. Um, we had just gotten to our destination and we were just beginning to relax and he fell down this flight of stairs that had these metal things on the edge of each Mm -hmm. one. And he popped his forehead open. I mean, he fell on that metal thing, and it just burst open. And by the time I got downstairs, my husband was already down there, he was holding him. There was blood everywhere. And I could see as his heart was pumping, the blood was just pulsing out. It was really bad. So right away we started pressure on it. And once we got the pressure on, I got my kit and I pulled out the Arnica and I gave him a dose and I was just giving him doses about every five minutes while we were kind of trying to comfort him and, and keep that compress on there. And after a couple of minutes we looked and the bleeding had stopped. We were implementing our plan to go to the ER. So we're kind of rushing around. We're getting him ready. We're getting him back in the car and my husband and I get in the car and we look back at him and he's kind of looking at us like, what's going on guys? He was totally normal. He was totally fine, and he's like, "Why are we back in the car?" You know, right? He had no clue why we were all running around. He he felt fine, so we looked at each other and we went, "Wait a second. Well, I guess we don't have to go to the ER. (laughs) Well, he still had this. He still had this gash, and so we wanted to take care of that. And so instead of going to the ER, we just went to Walgreens and got a butterfly bandage. (laughs) Oh, I love it. He was great. He was fine."
0: that's awesome I love that everybody's running around it's almost like you forget like wait no wait I have this thing on my team Arnica (laughs) I I have yet interviewed a mom with Moxie maybe I have that hasn't mentioned Arnica it's it's a great great remedy for us moms great kiddos that fall down flights of stairs with sharp corners so (laughs) and then tell us about your
2: four-year-old's bike accident She was riding her bike, and actually, this is interesting because my mother-in-law was with us, and we were walking and talking, and my daughter just totally careening down a hill, fell off her bike. And when I got to her and saw her, I thought, oh, my goodness, the whole side of her face was just completely scraped up and swollen. I mean, she was almost unrecognizable. It was really bad. Thanks be to God, she had her helmet on, of course. Um, But I could see right away that it was her skin and we weren't dealing with a concussion here. Right. So we kind of got her cleaned up and everything. And I, of course, was giving her Arnica right away. And the neat thing about that was that I knew that Arnica was going to get this under control much faster than if we didn't have it. And so I took a before and after picture. (laughs) So I took a picture when she was really bad, when she was really, really swollen. Like the first three days I took pictures of her. And then it just really dropped off. The swelling completely went down and she healed up super fast. And a week later I texted out a picture and I said, look, she's doing so much better to my family. And they just couldn't believe how quickly her face was healing up. Mm -hmm. Um, She just has this beautiful little face and it was just so sad to see it just so fully ripped up and she looks great, she has no scars. You can't tell that she had that bike accident. It's a year and a half later and it didn't even scar up at all. Months later, you couldn't tell that it happened. That's
0: amazing, and I think taking these pictures are really important because if you take the picture, it helps with two things. I have found: a, it helps you keep track of what it was and what it is now. The second thing is because as it improves, the improvement, even though it's better from yesterday, it still sometimes looks terrible, and it becomes the new Mm -hmm. terrible, and you forget about the old terrible. So that's very wise to take photos because it helps you measure that improvement. But then when it's all over, your brain tends to minimize it. Oh, it wasn't that bad. So you have these photos to help you remember, no, it was horrible. You know, don't forget that. So kind of that human condition that talks about that we forget. So good for you. I'm so glad. And was your mother-in-law kind of freaking out how you handled it?
2: (laughs) Well, everybody always wants you to go to the doctor and there's a lot of good there because they want the child to be okay. But once we had her take a warm bath and got her calmed down and we got her face cleaned up and it was obvious that she didn't have a concussion, she just needed to heal. She lives out of town and so a week later she could see, wow, she's doing so much better and that I'm sure was comforting for her. Of course. Very good.
0: Well, great. To finish up our podcast today, especially while your sweet little baby is still happy, (laughs) I wanted you to share with us, this is a really cute idea, your gift of homeopathy that you did for some family members.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to give a Christmas gift that they could really use. And I thought, well, you know, what do I know about? Well, I know about homeopathy. So I asked each of my family members, my mom, my dad, and my two sisters, I said, what's the health problem that's bothering you the most? and they told me. And so I looked up the remedy for for each one of their issues. And thankfully, they didn't give me anything that was too difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, So I looked up the remedy for each one and I bought them a bottle of the remedy and I put it in a cute little bag and I wrote up some instructions for them and how to tell whether or not the remedy is working and how often to take it and everything like that. And I just tucked that little sheet of paper in there with the bottle and I gave it to them for Christmas. That is just too cute. It's the gift of health.
0: <laughs> You're so awesome. Yeah. I love that story. And, and you even have done something similar for baby showers and things like that. And I just think that is so awesome. You're a good sister-in-law and sister. So
2: <laughs> it's fun to help others. It is.
0: We encourage you to email us at podcast at joecalabrese and that's what Heather did. And thank you so much, Heather, for reaching out because it's been really inspiring and fun talking to you and hearing your successes and your journey with homeopathy. So thanks so much for taking the time from your
2: busy schedule. Thanks for having me. It's been fun for me too.
1: Are you or someone you know a mom with moxie? Well, we're on the hunt for you, and of course. We don't want to hear just from moms, but from anyone who uses In Love's homeopathy. Reach out to my podcast team and let us know why you're a mom with Moxie. For more information, contact podcasts at joettcalabrese.com.